Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. We can't go to camp without our physicals now, can we? La plume de matante. I take great relish in savoring each separate horror. I roll them over on my tongue. Don't, Lord Byron. Don't remind me of it tonight. Sometimes I have wondered whether life wouldn't be much more amusing if we were all devils. But you are, Blanche. You are in that chest. Welcome to Scream and Queens, the queer horror podcast. My name is Jonathan Larkin. I'm Martin Fennessy. I'm Jonathan Butler. I'm Stephen Moore. Um, so we will be talking about Daughters of Darkness in this episode of the podcast. But first of all, I thought we should acknowledge our Scream Queens special that we put out over Halloween. Um, everybody has been really supportive, so thank you um, over that podcast. We've had a lot of downloads, a lot of really positive feedback. So some surprising feedback we got was that um, one of the Scream Queens that we talked about very positively, one of the Scream Queens we celebrated for her acting talents over her tits, <laughs> um, actually came back to us and sent us a direct message on Twitter, which is really exciting. Very exciting. I saw her name on the on, in the inbox and I was like, oh wow, she's just tweeted, she's just direct messaged, messaged me. Um, but it turns out that it wasn't really that positive the message it wasn't a horrible message either though so mm. a few people have said you know I wonder who it could be maybe it was Adrian Barbo maybe it was Vera Farmer it can't be Faye Ray because she's dead and it... <laughs> well the twist is <laughs> and... you can still get twisted on the other side never underestimate the powers of a real star <laughs> oh yes yes and a lot of people said well obviously it can't be uh, Barbara Crampton because obviously she still makes horror movies she still celebrates her horror career she still goes to lots of conventions and makes a lot of money out of her horror career but shockingly it, it actually was Barbara Crampton um, so I thought we should address that I, I mean I don't know about you three but I don't want to sit here and be just a total bitch about it because I think there's enough hate flying around Twitter so I think we should be quite positive about the whole thing and her tweet which I'm not going to read because you shouldn't read direct messages that you get from people I'm not going to read it out but her tweet wasn't horrible at all no. um, you know and basically Barbara was saying that she thought she didn't actually enjoy having the title of Scream Queen because she said that she and a lot of actresses think that, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that it sort of um, diminishes their craft mm. and cheapens it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Anyone yeah. want to jump in? I, I do kind of understand it. You don't... In some way, it could almost feel like you're being, like, reduced to your lowest role, almost. If, you know, if she considers that her lowest role, then maybe it is and, and other women in these roles. I think it's... I understand the reductionist of it and yeah. saying that we are taking you to that yeah. as that is what you do and that is all you do kind of thing. Mm. But I think you have to see that it comes from a place of love, not a place yeah. of hate. We're doing it because we're celebrating yeah. how influential you are to that genre. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, most people who use that term, Scream Queen, are, you know, mean it in a positive term. They're not, you could argue maybe it's kind of almost like a misogynistic term almost but I don't I don't think that it is you know you're just reducing a woman to a female who screams mm. but I don't I don't think that's fair I'm sure most horror fans don't think that and I guess she, she might have fallen into the trap of well it's not a trap it's just it's if you're a public figure you can't be have full awareness of everything that produces stuff that's based on your work or you as a personality and know how credible it is or it isn't and I don't know how credible we are or or, or not, it's not for me to, to say, but I think we 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 don't we're not that frivolous really. Yes. We, we're, yeah, we are. Yeah, we we're fun and we have a good time when we're doing this. But actually, we take horror and we take filmmaking and we take acting and writing and all aspects of that process actually really seriously. And actually, that's often what we're commenting mm-hmm. on is that. Um, so you know, naturally we want to entertain, we want people to be entertained, so we're not gonna we're not gonna get into huge technical things yeah. around acting or bill our episodes as being something that's very, very dry and serious. And serious. Yeah. It's got to be accessible and I think you yeah, maybe she's just taken a little bit of a too um taking it a bit too seriously. Yeah, I mean the thing what I'd like to say on the matter is 
I've spoken to a lot of horror fans who are female who listen to horror podcasts all the time, mm. and they what they what they think about a lot of horror podcasts. And this isn't everyone, and I, I listen to quite a few as well, so I know this this isn't a, this is a, this is a bit of a generalization, but it's not the case. It's not across the board, but a lot of horror podcasts are run by straight heterosexual men, who will spend two hours talking about how hot a Barbara Crampton, for example, looks in From Beyond. And talk about it, tits, and talk about the sexual fantasies they had about her as a teenager, or what it, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And what I think is a shame is that she might assume that that's yeah, what I, I think that's what we're doing yeah, as well. Which yeah. obviously, you know, if you read into what who we actually are, yeah. you would see that we're a queer horror podcast, so we're not actually going to be sat here talking about women's tits for two hours. And we did. <laughs> we talked, about, but not just that. But no. not in a sexually nude way. Exactly. It's a celebration. Exactly. Way. Not 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 just that, and it's a celebration of all of the different aspects of horror that we love, and a big a big portion of horror. Mm is about that so we will talk about it and funny enough we start the podcast by saying oh by the way I'm just holding this Playboy magazine <laughs> which probably brought back memories for her which is like oh no not that again mm. so I can see from the outset how that would look but I think yeah. I think if you get past that and you actually listen to the content of the podcast yeah. and what we do and what we talk about you'd see that we're not just a bunch of boys sitting around talking about screen queens on one level, like, the, no. you know, on a shallow aesthetic we level. <laughs> we talk of hairy chests and tiny underpants as well, yeah. isn't it? Oh, everybody gets objectified by <laughs> <laughs> There's universal objectification. We don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah. We love you even if you hate us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, I, I, I do think it's a bit of a shame. But also looking at the synopsis for the podcast as well, that's the, that's like, oh, it's Halloween, so we're, we're looking at Playboys and all mm. this. So I can see how it might have... You could misconstrue what it is that we do, but yeah. I would I would say Miss Crampton, if you end up listening to this, go back and have a listen because I think you you'll probably be quite pleasantly surprised. The funny thing about what you were saying at the start of that episode is that that was taking the piss out of ourselves almost. Yeah. Talking about having a beer and having a Playboy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, that's it. but if you but if you didn't if you hadn't listened to the previous episodes and knew what we were about. Context. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have no context. Yeah. yeah. It was filled with irony. The fact is we're three gay boys and a straight boy who all have a very queer sensibility, <laughs> love the camp element of horror. Um, we love women very much and we love women in horror very much and we celebrate that each, with each episode but our sense of humour is is that we are we, we are we are rude and rude <laughs> and we, we take the piss a lot but I think if you get past that you can you can see that there's a bit more depth to what we're doing and, and we see camp as being equally bad to any other characteristic of yeah. of a film or a yeah. way of being it's not just some cheesy thing that we're, we're into actually something being camp can be just as just as relevant as anything else. So mm-hmm. if you're in a camp film, watch out. Yeah, watch out. If you're listening to this, go back and have a listen to the podcast and you'll, you'll, I think you'll probably be surprised by what you hear. It'd be interesting to see what other people think, if other, other listeners have to say, what do they think of the term? Yeah, it's interesting mm. and we did discuss that as part of the Scream mm. Queens podcast. We talked about the different meanings to that title, mm. didn't we? And how it's and how the use of women in horror had changed over time, and actually, you how women have been used quite passively in the past, and actually became more well developed characters through the decades. So, you know, there's all of that in that episode. It would be interesting. It would be interesting to see what other people think about the term screen queen, and I think it would be really good to haven't said what we've said now for people to go back and listen again and maybe give some feedback about that episode to yeah. see whether they think. Um, what we had to say about women and the episode before we were talking about evil women um, yeah. evil female characters I should say what do you think about what we said was it relevant was it good was it bad let us know speaking of evil women we're going to go on to talk about Daughters of Darkness silly tales about ghouls chased away by garlic and vampires Shrinking from crosses. He kidnapped young girls and kept them chained. To give blood. Blood for her to bathe in and drink. And she bit them everywhere. No. And then she pushed white hot pokers into their faces. And when they parted their lips to scream, she shoved the flaming rod up into their mouths. Stop it. Blood. Beautiful. Stop it. 
If you think these ladies are something, wait until you meet Mother. She's something else. We're not talking to Stephen Moore because we've just found out he doesn't know who Kenneth Williams is. Leave me alone, I'm young. <laughs> not so young. <laughs> what did you say to him just then? Um, no more bumps there. <laughs> My gayness has been revoked. <laughs> Your gayness has been revoked. You're, you're not allowed to speak in sentences with witty punchlines anymore. You're not allowed to wear nice clothes. <laughs> That's just evil. Um, so we're going to go back, way back in time, to 1971, um, for the chic, sophisticated art house horror movie that is Daughters of Darkness. Um, Martin, tell us what it's about. Gosh, um, <laughs> it's about this couple who are travelling through Europe and are planning to get married. They, I'm trying to remember, through my hangover. <laughs> they, they're being married, haven't they? They're being yeah, married, but they haven't, he hasn't told um, his mother. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of discussion about whether they uh, will go and visit the mother and reveal this. And whilst they're doing that, they end up staying in a seaside hotel in Ostend, Ostend. <laughs> um, in Belgium, um, which is off-season and it's completely empty, but it's a beautiful grand hotel. Um, and while they are there, um, a beautiful, glamorous woman, the Countess Elizabeth Batory, and her companion turn up at the hotel and are fascinated by the couple. The film is about how they um, get involved with each other. Yes, that certainly is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first thing we need to address is just how unbelievably fabulous Delphine Seyrig is mm. as the Countess. Like, next level. It's just un- unbelievable. <laughs> when she comes on screen, there's a gay gasp every time. Yeah. She just yeah. turns around. Don't have any It's just, yeah, she's one of the most stylish things I've ever seen. It's just, it's just perfection like yeah. every moment yeah. the majority of my notes are just clothing and hair comments about her yeah she's amazing um, so she was deliberately styled after Marlene Dietrich and her companion was deliberately styled after Louise Brooks and so the Countess travels with Ilona and Ilona is sort of she looks like a she looks actually like a modern day hipster yeah she's got hipster. Like bowl head haircut she looks like she could work in pop boutique <laughs> <laughs> um and she's just sort of fabulously miserable, isn't she? Yeah. She's a bit like, she reminds me of um, Isabella Rossellini as well, mm. in the way that she mm. delivers the lines and stuff. There's so so many amazing things about this film just to look at, I think. Uh, I've seen it quite a few times now, and the first time I saw it, I thought it was quite slow. The second time I saw it, I was hungover, so I was like thinking it's really slow, I'm going to fall asleep. <laughs> the third time I saw it, which was with you, I just was like enraptured by it, I just loved it. So I think it's one of those films, the more you watch it, the more mm. the more you enjoy it. So obviously we're going to give you a lot of a lot of spoilers. Countess Elizabeth Batory is based on the Countess Elizabeth Batory, who was, why, why was she around then? Hungarian. She's Hungarian. Yeah. Um, was it 17th century? It was, or was that no, it was 1500s right supposedly the most notorious female serial killer in the world yeah in supposedly killed possibly up to 600 victims was known for torturing kids and girls known for torturing them and killing them she'd burn them and have remove limbs she'd freeze them she'd bite the flesh off them apparently um and after her husband died, her crimes were discovered and she was put on trial and then she was sentenced to be imprisoned in a bricked-up room for the rest of her life. Not want to spoil a good myth, but they reckon it was just actually, it's just, it's all just made up and she yeah. wasn't really that bad and it was just about the politics of the time. But I think it's much nicer just to actually think that she was just that terrible and that she did do all those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there was good reason for her to be bricked up in a room for a few years before she died. Yeah. No, it is. And um, it's part of the grim fairy tale, yeah. isn't it? And she's often compared with Vlad the Impaler yeah. and, and, um, and Dracula in, as yeah. that sort of 
mythic yeah, Arist- kind of, Eastern European aristocrat. It does kind of get mixed up with like the vampire mythology mm. bit, doesn't it? It well. does, and it's yeah, it's a nice little crossover as well. And another nice little crossover, if you can hear scratching sounds, it's because in the same room I've got my pet bearded dragon and her food is um <laughs> like locusts are trying to escape their cages and they're, they're <laughs> desperately trying to get freedom but they're gonna die. And I just think that's quite a nice crossover with what we're talking about <laughs> at the moment. Um so you know, any insect rights people might want to switch off at the moment. But um so yeah, Elizabeth Bathory, she she's had she's inspired quite a few horror movies, hasn't she? So mm. the Ingrid Pitt movie, Countess Dracula, mm. the Hammer film. Um, There's one with Anna Freeland as well. Yeah, which I, yeah, I've never... It was like the highest grossing horror film in Hungary or something. Really? Yeah. It was quite recent. Yeah, I think about, about 2005, about, uh, ten, about 10 years ago. Yeah, oh, I'd like to see that. I think it's quite long, about two and a half hours. Okay. Mm. And the, the reference, the contest in Hostel 2. Yeah. As well, one of the deaths in Hostel 2 is based on... Yeah, him. isn't that... Meant, yeah. It's a bit where she bathes and all the blood, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. They hang Heather Matarazzo up to empty and slice it to bits. Was um, Gargar in American Horror Story at all based on this? Because so, it seems yeah. very heavy yeah. similarities. It's got to be. Down to the outfits and yeah. everything. Everything about it just made me think that and like even you know, for some activities that were going in yeah. American Horror Story. It's very similar so kind of. couples and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's got to have been deliberate. Yeah. Um, so this film opens on an overnight train. Um, a sex scene? A sex scene on an overnight yeah, train. What more do you want? <laughs> Bathed in, in this indigo blue light. Mm. Can I just say, I've been on an overnight train and it was nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't nearly as sexy. It wasn't nearly as sexy. I mean, I was on there with my husband as well and we thought, oh, on our honeymoon, much like this couple, and we thought, oh, it's going to be dead romantic and we got on and, um, I mean, you know, there may have been a quick blowjob before we set off, but once we set <laughs> off, um, we were actually cramped into this like tin of sardines. The heat was on and couldn't be switched off. Um, the bed was like a, it was like sleeping on a Ritz cracker, and there was no pillow, and it was like sleeping in a tumble dryer. You know that noise. You know when you're on a normal train and you step between the carriages. You know that noise. Yeah. That's what our room was like, uh. and we had to share the toilet that was overflowing as well. So. Altogether, not really as erotic as this film makes it out to be. <laughs> so think twice before you take the overnight train with your newly wed. You think Bel- like of Belgium, the word erotic doesn't really spring to mind, does it? Not only against Belgium, yeah. but it doesn't seem that sexy. Not really. Although Jean Claude Van Damme's from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not really an argument, though, is it? No. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. Apparently, he sheds himself a lot. It's another podcast, isn't it? That was on, I'm sure I read that in the cockpit. Why? Is it a sort of drug problem? It's too much of the old um, Columbia Marching Party. Not that I want to spread rumours. So, yeah, so Stefan and Valerie, and yes, she she just really wants to know why why won't you take me home to meet your mother? What's, What's the problem? And is he meant to be like some sort of lord? Isn't he due an inheritance or something? Yeah, is that what yeah. The, yeah. the story is? Yeah. But Mother always says to Stefan, doesn't he? Stefan, we are very different. And we wonder why. What was so different? Hmm. But before we meet Mother, we meet the Countess, as you, as you said. And so, how would you sum her up, uh, Martin, the Countess? If you could sum her up in one sentence. Um. Well, it's summed up. I think with actually the opening shot of her, which is a shot of a leather, a glamorous leather boot emerging from a car door, and that's all that you see is just one leather boot, <laughs> shiny, marvelous leather boots emerge from the door and just get, get placed very gently onto the ground. And that's all that you need to know. <laughs> that's just the symbolism in, inherent in all of that is all you need to know. She's a wonderful glamorous um, in capital letters I've written the word languorous because yeah. just everything about her is just is just that how she talks how she almost how she moves and dresses and everything about her um, is summed up just by that word yeah. just incredible and it, I wanted to channel every bit of her <laughs> yeah. through me for the rest of the, the week after I'd watched the yeah. film the rest of the 500 years of being a, a vampire. Yes. 
It's not a bad life. So, how would you describe the counter? I just, I don't think words can quite place how utterly fabulous she is from everything for me. As soon as you see the veil with the red lipstick, yeah. mm. like, and she looks like she's just killed her second husband for the inheritance, yeah. and just like, oh, I love her. And then there's the, and there's a body scene when it cuts to her yawning or something, yes. with the f- purple <laughs> fringe <laughs> crown. Oh. <laughs> I was just in heaven at that moment. I was just like, how can someone be so perfect? She's getting bit overdressed. I was gonna say so. What's the what's the heterosexual take on the countess? I, I enjoy that. <laughs> she's the kind of person who walks into a hotel and demands the royal suite and then just gets it straight away. Yeah, doesn't matter who's in there. Yeah. We'll throw those peasants out. Yeah. It's fine. Madame, I'd like the royal suite, please. Excuse me, madame. It seems to me that madame has stayed already at this hotel. Indeed. Madame isn't someone easily forgotten once you've seen her. But no, no, it's impossible. Oh, how so? It was such a long time ago and madame uh, looks exactly like a lady who must have changed a great deal since. Do you happen to remember her name? The Countess Elizabeth Bertori. But that's my name, you must be joking. Certainly not, madame. I was uh, a young bellboy then, but I do remember even after so many years. But it cannot be. My mother, perhaps. Sorry, but I don't think we can accommodate the Countess. Why not? Surely there's no one staying here at this time of the year. You see, the sweet madame asked for is already uh, occupied by... Well, if uh, the Countess so desires, perhaps I can ask them to switch rooms. Of course not, Pierre. The adjoining suite will do. Um, uh, we can still make the necessary arrangements when they leave tomorrow. Tomorrow? <laughs> that scene where she's stretching the best this, the one of my favourite moments in the whole film where she's like because she, she's reclining in mauve ostrich feather and she says <laughs> the light hurts my eyes yeah. <laughs> and then so then Alona just drapes like a red scarf over the lamp so that they're bathed in red it is dramatically they, beautiful shot and then the scene fades to, to red, red yeah. instead <laughs> yeah. of fading to black yeah. it's like the amount of effort that's gone into making this film look and fabulous yeah. it's just beyond so I thought the pace of the film was basically Sunday afternoon drama with murder at the end yeah and that's not a bad thing you know I think if you're if you're feeling delicate and, and you want to watch something gentle but you still want to watch a horror movie this is the way to go yeah mm. and uh, I'm going to say it was a bit because I watched this morning very hungover um, and it was a little bit too gentle did you fall asleep I was struggling towards the end to keep my eyes open. <laughs> I I, I realised that if it genuinely wasn't for the clothes and hair and everything in it, all the glamour and everyone in it being absolutely stunning, then I think I probably would have found it a bit boring. Yeah. Did you like Stefan's tiny, tiny dressing gown? Yeah. Just, just the to mock up. I liked his peachy bum. <laughs> he looked like Mark Hamill. Which was kind of freaking me out a bit. He do, I, still, yeah. I know what you mean. He definitely does. He's like a cross between Mark Hamill and um, Bjorn from ABBA. Was it Benny from ABBA? Benny. 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 I don't want to distinguish the ABBA members, but yeah. Yeah, he looks like one of those. The hair, I think. There's something sinister about him, I think. 
from the, from the get go. You sort of. Yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, I think yeah, definitely. Well, <laughs> when you get to beating beat and raping, but um, from the beginning, you know that there's a sort of hidden depths and there's something mm. secretive about him, isn't there? So Stefan and Valerie go out for the date. Where does where does they go? They go to Bruges. They go to Bruges, which is a bit like sort of Amsterdam, isn't it? Really mm. to look at. And there's a murder, and they witness like the body being brought out, and you see Stefan really gets off. Oh, well, and did, the they see an ambulance going down the street, and everyone's crowd goes, "Oh, let's have a look. Let's yeah. watch." Let's yeah. watch. <laughs> to be fair, that's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> they all like you make a point of him getting off on it. I'm more disturbed about the man behind him who was like whispering softly into yeah, his ear yeah. about what had been going on, and he was really freaking yeah. enjoying it. Yeah, what's the extra? Like, probably wanking his pocket. Was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not the guy who follows them on the bus as well, is it? Yeah. 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 He's I mean, some sort of detective, isn't he? I think there's some there's something about um Stefan's actually quite suspicious of the Countess and Eleonora yeah. and you don't quite know you don't quite know why really, do you? Um and I wonder whether there's more similarity between Elona and Stefan. Yeah. And that's what the that's yeah. what the you yeah, that's the relationship between Stefan and Mother. Yeah. Is more similar to Elena and the Countess yeah, than yeah, maybe than what you might assume. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. Because he sees a girl who's in the thrall of a much older mm. woman in a relationship that would be deemed perverse mm. because they're both women. So I think um Stefan can probably identify a lot with that. sorry, spoiler alert. So um about halfway through the film, we're introduced to Mother, and um, so we've been wondering all this time who Mother is, why, why, you know, why is Stefan so yeah, scared? Yeah, because he, he keeps making excuses, doesn't he, to not, I'll, I'll, I'll phone Mother, and then I'll go and see her, and, yeah. then, just and then we'll both go, and he's, he just keeps avoiding it, doesn't he? Yeah, and then, um, so then we finally see Mother, and Mother is actually a man, and he's a uh, older, camp, eccentric, mm-hmm. aristocratic gentleman. With me, who wears makeup, and um, when the butler brings him his phone, he strokes the butler's bald head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> so weird, and it's it's funny because that's the at that point of the film, once that once we we sort of hit with that revelation about mother, it's that's the sort of catalyst for everything going horribly wrong, isn't it? In the film, yeah. after that, it becomes more of more of the horror movie mm. because that's when the death starts and. Um, we see the more sinister side of the Countess. And I wonder, I wondered whether it goes further than that because obviously the Countess is, you know, is, um, she's hundreds of years old and she's a vampire. Yeah. I wondered whether it's not just what the deviance of the relationship, whether actually the film's sort of trying to conflate um, sort of homosexuality generally as something that's vampiric and actually mother is a vampire as well and that's something that that stefan senses without now having met the, the countess or yeah. leona sent, knows to be suspicious of them because he knows the power that mother has over him as a vampire he rather than very, just a bit very older man. so do so you think mother's a vampire and stefan's yeah. like kind of in what a thrall yeah mm. I didn't think of that. And he's trying to. Oh, so you think literally he's a vampire? In the yeah. Film. Mother is. Well. Mother. mother is. Yeah. And Stefan's. That's interesting. The Leona's the equivalent of Leona. Because yeah. he carried yeah. himself in a very similar manner mm. to how the Countess carries. Well, he's languid, isn't he? He's languid. like he's like yeah. a in his yeah. chair and his conservatory, and yeah, that's very true actually. He mm. wants to protect his new wife from getting involved in all of that. Yeah. So, so the, it, it's him escaping basically the film yeah. is him trying to get away mm. from his oh, I didn't think of that that's, yeah. that's a good idea well you see Valerie and I were married three days ago in Switzerland nice surprise I'm glad you're taking it so well as always I was wrong after all what you did wasn't foolish Stefan it was merely unrealistic I should have known you'd say that. Stefan. Besides, whatever in the world will we do with her? And by the way, Stefan, be sure to tell the young woman that mother sends regards. For me, one of the more shocking than this is the kind of domestic 
abuse kind of angle. So that just sort of pops up, doesn't it? Well, that's after they spoke to each other on the phone as well. But it is hinted at very early on. Yeah, on the way back from Bruce, he just doesn't give a little tap on the bus. I was like, what? He accidentally hits her when um when they bring in the body out, yeah. and she he like whacks yeah. it in the face. So he swats it like a fly, doesn't yeah. it? But it kind of looks like it's just kind of accidental. But then she just kind of doesn't mention it at all. Mm, yeah. And then second, she didn't say anything about the fact she just freaking hit me. Mm. I was like, there's something going on here. Yeah, my voice is crying. John, the drink. Yeah, please. <laughs> the hangover is still very strong. <laughs> I was telling Valerie about the history of our family, the Batori. Mm, listen to that. It's so... So revolting and yet so interesting. Even though the Countess was buried over 300 years ago, the Countess Ergebet Batori, my ancestor. Ergebet is Elizabeth in Hungarian, but she was best known as the Scarlet Countess. Imagine, she bled 300 virgins to death. Some say 800. A woman will do anything to stay young. But drinking human blood. She believed human blood was the elixir of youth. She's there, yeah, red dress and green cocktail. <laughs> yeah, perfect. It was the colour matching. Was, was and, then there's the, and then there's the moment where it gets poured into the plant like an advert. <laughs> yeah. Like an old Medlow bird's advert. <laughs> and gets handed back to her. So she can hold the empty glass, like she's mm. drunk it, it's very odd. Yeah. She's got a plant with her and die. What kind? Who knows? Mm. It's like Crown's Mantle or something. Yeah, isn't? maybe. Yeah, Crown's Mantle, yeah. I thought the drink wasn't green, I thought it was just a glass. No, it didn't. I thought it was a frosted glass, I might just. No, no. it was a drink. That was the drink, yeah. Mm. No, I didn't notice. Because it's not just before she's, um, no, just before that she's knitting, isn't she? She's yeah. Knitting, knitting. Like four, <laughs> yeah, like four needles. That's incredible. Yeah. Oversized. Yeah. I love um, the first time she meets the couple, and like, um, mm. you come in, drenched in the rain, and she goes, I'll go to your room, I die if you got a new area of mine. It's the slightest hint of a cold, and I feel terrible. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like... I just absolutely love everything she does, just yeah. the mannerisms as yeah. well as. She's got like a naughty edge to it as well. She's quite mischievous, I think. She's got a mischievous glint in her eye. She's she's sort of, she's trying to stay young, isn't she? She's mm. got that naughty little girl thing about it. There's the scene where he says, "I'll see you tomorrow," and she said, and she she sort of looks and wags her finger and says, "Tomorrow night." Yeah. Mm. As if to say, "I'm a vampire. You should know <laughs> yeah. it'll be night time when you yeah. see." Yeah. I, I a, sleep all day. There is a playfulness to it, I find. Yeah. You see later on in the... Well, I won't spoil it now, but it, it comes out later on, definitely. Yeah. The, the playfulness of it. I think um, it's definitely it's a film It's definitely a film about ageing, isn't it? It's about mm. loneliness and stuff. I feel like if it was made today, she would be obsessed with plastic surgery. Mm. You know, I think it's that's what it's about. It's about her sort of fear of being alone. Because uh, she, she even refers to herself as someone who's outdated or outmoded, mm. doesn't she? towards the end and it's like she needs to have youthful people around or she needs to have young a young mm-hmm. companion to be able to sort of leech off hmm? leech off so she's sort of moving in on the couple anyway and we know that she's got designs on Valerie more than Stefan because I think she thinks she senses that Alona's getting bored and Alona wants to yeah because she wants to leave get her she? life back kind of thing so I mean, once Alona's dead, she's quite happy to replace her with someone mm-hmm. else, isn't she? She's, um... Doesn't Alona early on film say, I wish I could die? Yeah. 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 Is that like, she's being turned, so she obviously she can't die, she just wants to... Yeah. And she tries to, like, escape at one point, doesn't she? Can we just address the scene where Ilona turns up at Valerie's bedroom window and does that strange thing with her arms? Yeah. <laughs> you won't be able to see it because you're listening to her. She does, she does this, doesn't she? She's <laughs> <laughs> doing, like, a, some crazy photo. <laughs> With a tits out at the window. Yeah, I like I enjoyed that bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the most of all the scenes, the most erotic scene for me is when she's um starts talking about the death and the murder and she slowly starts stroking as Stefan. Oh yeah. And starts, she's yeah. like just slowly touching him from behind and whispering into his ear about it and the other girl's getting very distressed. Yeah. Because it's like, like, stop it now, stop it. And yeah. It was very sexual. I was very, very aroused. <laughs> Do you know about her? Yes, I've read of her. She kidnapped young girls and kept them chained to give blood. 
blood for her to bathe in and drink. No. Oh, yes. Yes. And she hung them up by the wrists and whipped them until their tortured flesh was torn to shreds. Oh, yes, that's it. And she clipped off their fingers with shears. No. She pricked their bodies with needles. Yes, she tore out their nipples with silver pincers. No. And she bit them everywhere. No. And then she pushed white-hot pokers into their faces. And when they parted their lips to scream, she shoved the flaming rod up into their mouths. Stop it. Oh, yes, yes, go on, go on. She pierced their veins with rusty nails and slit their throats. Stop it! So that their white bodies pumped out young blood over her naked skin. Stop it! Blood, beautiful red blood. Stop it! Over her hands and her arms and her legs. Stop it! And her face. Stop it! Stop it, both of you! It's got a, it's got a real sense of humour, though, the film, mm. hasn't it? I mean, it's like they are talking about the the most horrific things, like people being tortured and murdered while she's. Oh, that's getting, where they talk about Cantor's bathroom, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, she's getting Stefan off, isn't she, by saying it? But there's something. It's, I think the whole film's got that sort of um, twisted sense of humour about it. Mm. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't actually take itself that seriously. No. As a film. I didn't. I didn't get that till the very end. Well, till towards the end, though. The, the scene on the beach kind of gives it away for me. Apparently, um, the director wants us to dress her in the same colours, in in very Nazi colours. <laughs> so that's why she wears lots of reds and reds, white and black. Elizabeth Bathory is like a demagogue type character, mm. so that's that's why they wanted to dress her that way, which is interesting. The attack with the belt, which is really quite disturbing to see. But I like the fact that not don't like the fact, <laughs> but he beats her up with the belt, whacks around, and then you wake up in the same bed, and he's still holding the belt, like like cuddled into the yeah. belt, mm. like oh, I've just gone to sleep, still holding it in case she moves again. Yeah. It's kind of disturbing. What I wondered was, are we to think that that's all been triggered by speaking to mother on the phone mm. and, and by the Countess being around, or, as it happened before, and Valerie's used to it. Mm. I think the fact that. that she ignores it early on when she gets hit, yeah. it's been going on. Yeah. Anyway. Been, they've only known each other, like, a few weeks ago, and they don't even mention it at the start. Bit of a whirlwind romance. Yeah, yeah. like, mm. we met each other a week ago, and I don't love you, and you don't love me, so that's fine, yeah. and it's like, yeah. It's very strange. And like she thinks that he gets off from murdering people, he's hitting her and she's staying around. Yeah. Like it's a bit weird. Yeah. It's a bit it's gotta be a domestic abuse relationship straight up. Mm. He's got a very strange attitude towards women though. That kind of thing, yeah. doesn't he? I mean there's a bit later on, isn't there, where he's where he's basically Valerie is torn between him and the countess and it's like she doesn't even exist. It's like they're arguing mm-hmm. over a doll or or a toy or something. You know, he he assumes that she belongs to him, and the countess assumes that she belongs to her. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see much of what Valerie actually mm-hmm. wants. She just sort of goes along. I with. like the fact that he's played like a pawn. Though it's like the countess, at first, seems to be interested in him, but then it's actually just she's just completely using him and setting him up so that she can take. Yeah. The girl for her own. Mm. And everything she does is manipulating. So he seduces, she seduces him. She controls him this way. And she makes it look like she's going to take him. He send, She sends the, um, the companion up to seduce him. So that yeah. she can catch him. Yeah. Everything is very played out. Quite yeah, he's, right. he's a pawn mm. in her game as opposed to like... It's quite fun to watch a male character getting treated like that. Because yeah. normally that's something mm. you see a female character doing. That's true. Very woman empowering, kind of. But he is manipulating her as well, doesn't he? Isn't she? Because she goes to a train station, doesn't she? Yeah. The contest sets up the train station when she's got to leave. Yeah. And then takes her to like a fountain. She takes a strange like a cafe. Big, yeah, a cafe yeah. with a fountain in the middle of it. And then this is while alone is seducing him. Mm. And then they get back in time just to see the aftermath. So, <laughs> your favourite moment is the. Uh, so what 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 happens with him and alone? Then they get they're in the shower. because she's obviously being a vampire. She's terrified of running water, isn't mm. she? So she's she's scared shitless, and he's dragging her into the shower. Why is she terrified of water? Is this a thing? Yeah, oh, yeah it's one it's one of the vampire myths. Isn't yeah, it's it? killed by I've running never water. heard of that one. Yeah, he'd be killed by running water. I have never heard of that in my life. I was so confused why she was terrified of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what I assume. It's not in one of the. Is, well, I can't remember which one it is, but he falls through a, some ice, doesn't he? He falls into a, a river. Dracula, Prince of Darkness. That's the one, yeah. Yeah. Never heard of it in my life. Yeah, I don't know what was that. 
So she's terrified, so it ends up in a bit of a scuffle. But the shower counts is running water, and it not to be a river. Wow. It's, it was a plug hole, but that counts as running. Well, if you want to get technical about it, can she really? Can someone really be died, killed by a, a cutthroat razor in the small of the back? If they land on the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, well, I want to know then how her hair was so perfect if she couldn't wash it. Wait. This is quite disturbing to me. Maybe she had like a, a serum. Yeah. yeah uh, or vampire cums with added hair growth that you don't Vampire need. cum? Yeah. Vampire cum? <laughs> vampire cum? What? Is it red? <laughs> 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 Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I think the logistics of being a vampire, like washing your hair and getting a shower, would probably take a backseat. She fixes yeah. her face in a compact and she doesn't have a reflection, which I quite interesting. That was good, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I only noticed that on this viewer, actually. Because she, like, shuts it to say the man behind her, doesn't say the police mm. officer. But he's wanted to see him, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So the, there's a tussle in the shower and yeah. then he... She falls over and yeah. dramatically smashes everything on the shelf and cuts her hand. Cuts her wrists. Yeah. <laughs> and then he try he, he goes to check if she's okay but slips doesn't he and then yeah. headbutts her in the tits <laughs> and just lies there on top of it <laughs> <laughs> and yes yeah, she, she falls over onto the straight razor yeah and that ends up and that somehow kills her yeah and now we normally have boob watching these ones but there is a penis there is a penis it's worth watching for the penis <laughs> Penis watch. Did you write down the exact set minute and seconds in the film when you see it? Unfortunately not. There's enough else to keep you entertained worth sticking around for the penis. I didn't really fancy Stefan, but I thought he had a nice bum. He had a really nice bum. I didn't fancy Stefan, and I was completely distracted from the penis by the head bush. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I just the words are funny. Just the words. <laughs> head tits. I can't think. Can you think of any other film that's got a head to the tits? I'm just writing that with a quote down there. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely distracted from the penis and I put to the So then the Countess, the Countess and Valerie come home and just find, time, just... and, yeah, and find alone and dead on the bathroom floor and the Countess is just an inspiration to us all the way she takes charge of that situation. <laughs> yeah. And from there on in, I love the fact that she doesn't get her hands dirty at all. She and does nothing. She makes no She's the queen of delegation. <laughs> <laughs> you don't live to 500 years looking that fabulous you by don't. doing the work yourself. You mm. That woman is used to having staff. So she makes a, a newlywed couple um, bury the body. And um, she opts to wear a glittering PVC black cape. Yeah, yeah. It's a super fast. A Batman moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's the playfulness of it because he she spreads them like that and it's like wings. And yeah, like, bat wings. Uh, it's amazing. Which was really fun. It's it a bit a on the nose, moment. but at that point, by that point, you're like, oh, we know what this is. Yeah, yeah. We do know what this is, but there's still this such a poetic camp dialogue in the script. <laughs> there's the bit where they're on the beach and she says, "Deep in my bones, I feel it. The night has died." <laughs> it's just amazing, and her delivery is. Fabulous as well. Um, she's got another great line where she says, "I want to be loved. I just want mm. everyone to love me." And I think it's good. It's it's an amazing character, characterization because she is arch and camp, but she really does um, elicit sympathy. I think you feel for her as well. Mm. She, you think she's a lonely woman who's been on this earth for five hundred years. It's she. I think she says she says, "I'm the stranger, sad and lonely." Yeah. And it, it do it is it. That part of the film, it just starts to sort of... You realise that she is, is with you. She's got this strange um, existence travelling around Europe yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah. Maybe it's... I don't know if I was just distracted by, the, like, the soft, gentle hair, hair. But I just at no point felt like she was a bad person. Like, I didn't really care I was just like she looks fabulous she's really glam she talks boss I'm like yeah take yeah. me as your little lesbian lover I would and be her lesbian away. yeah actually I just want to be her <laughs> I think coming at it from a with a, a sort of queer point of view as well I think there's something about that fear of the fear of aging by yourself and the fear of loneliness and how we uh, sometimes um, 
for a queer sometimes a queer person can cover up their loneliness and cover mm-hmm. up that fear by being overt in a certain way, whether that's the way you dress or the yeah, way you yeah, act yeah. or um, you know, stepping out say if if you step out in drag or you know, you you're you're wearing a mask to cover up that sort of mm. really um that real fear of getting old and being on your own and not being understood. And wanting to be loved. And wanting to be loved. Mm. Um, so I think I think you can identify with that, with, with the Countess in that sense. Yeah. Really. You might step out in a disco ball, shimmering dress. <laughs> just which, to make a point. Which does happen. Yes. That dress. Is everything that I've ever needed. <laughs> yes. Did you have a favourite dress, Jonathan? <laughs> I bet you did. Probably did, I can't remember now. I'd, 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 you probably just like the tits. <laughs> yeah, I think the the headbutt to the tits kind of... I did, oh, the rest of the film was just clouded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's one of the most singular scenes I think you're ever going to see in a film. Yeah. <laughs> it is fucking... No, I remember at that bit at the end where she appears in the same dress, I couldn't take it seriously because Stefan still insists on wearing the tiny robe and slippers and you're like... Someone just died and you wear fucking stupid slippers and your robe. Oh. A bright red robe. Yeah. <laughs> so Stefan eventually meets his fate and in keeping with the campness of this film, he he's killed by Crystal Salvers. <laughs> I, I don't exactly know what she was trying to do when she was trying to shove it on his face. I was like, are you going to try to suffocate him with a bone? Because that's just yeah. not where. Yeah. Not like I've tried, but it doesn't make logical sense. Yeah. I did wonder about that. Because, like, what was it? Yeah, it would just be like the side. It's like a crystal um, salver, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like a cover. Like a oh, food yeah, cover. Like a cake, a cake cover. Yeah. cover, yeah. 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 Um, which then. We finally get some rugby. Which then smashes in half and slashes his wrist by accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a poor lobster. A lobster go just get sent flying, oh, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible waste of a lobster. Um, um yeah, that we do get some vampirism, don't we? They're, they're sucking on his blood. Yeah. But the, the thing I was confused about was like I wasn't quite sure if the other girl was a vampire at this point or not, and then she just starts to get down on it and I was like, okay, I'm guessing she has been turned into a vampire off camera. We didn't see yeah, I, I thought that strange. we didn't see the turning points on screens everywhere she suddenly is the vampire. Well maybe you don't is this there's different like levels of vampire, isn't there? Oh, it? It's just being like a thrall, which you're just in the control, but you're not necessarily a vampire, are you? Yeah. Maybe it's true. just you, you haven't been turned, so you don't get like the immortality and stuff. Maybe you that just... was her turning. Yeah. Maybe that was that she'd been done to that side, and that's why she tells us to drink the blood as the final bit. That's the bit, yeah. Mm, maybe that was what they were going with, but I was just a bit confused why she was suddenly a vampire. I couldn't quite tell where the line was going. Is she a vampire? Is she a vampire at that point, or is it? I can't. That's what I'm saying, I don't know where the line is. Oh no, yes, she is. Because she drinks his blood, doesn't she? Um, So then they chuck his body out onto the the road (laughs) and drive off. And And just throw him in a ditch, so did you find a little shallow puddle? Just Just lash him? Yeah. That's all he deserves, to be fair. I was going to say, at least the other one got berries on the beach. Yeah. At least alone, there was berries. He's got jumped. Yeah, he's a bit of a scumbag, that was not it? Yeah. So then we get to the, uh, the big finale, and I have to admit, I don't like the ending. I don't, I think, I think it's not. The, day. the actual, actual ending or the bit of the ending of the contest? Well, yeah, yeah, the we do, the where they crash the car and she flies through the air. And <laughs> and <laughs> I like, it's hilarious. <laughs> I like the voice. flying out of the car and impaling, but I just felt like after all of freaking that, yeah. you're going to get defeated because you were driving when the sun was coming up. Like, no, you could quite blatantly it see. Was the, the sun is coming up. And then it's suddenly there in the sky. It's like twelve o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> it's like lunchtime. Yeah, like it was just a bit like I know she was going drive fast, drive fast, but I was like, no, you can see it's coming up. Just yeah. like yeah. hide somewhere, stop driving down the road. Well, yeah. do like to do, do, do go total overkill? It's not just oh she gets yeah she gets she flies through the air, then she's impaled on a stake, and then she goes on fire. Yeah, it's like good. Did we see other girl escape? Because. I don't remember seeing her escape. I thought she was dead too, and then yeah, she shows yeah. up in the next scene, and I'm like, okay, I'm guessing nothing. Yeah, well, Maybe yeah. the other died case there was a sequel. This <laughs> <laughs> is definitely calls for a sequel. It's not really the girl, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, because she speaks, doesn't she, with the Countess's voice? With the Countess's voice, yes. I was thinking that was dubbed over, wasn't it, yeah. with her? So does that and mean... it's, a, it's an exact line that the Countess yeah. says earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yes. See, I think it would have been... I don't like the ending, and I think it probably would have been... It would have been better if it had just been them two just driving off 
it's the forest and you not know whether the sun comes mm. up and they die or yeah. they just go off on there in their and yeah. journey. Because, because it's unafraid to wait. Mm. Yeah. The sun, the sun like bleaching it all out and then we wouldn't, and then it's left up to us to decide whether. I kind of felt like it was going to be very fun and Louise like on the road together yeah. at the end driving off, drive them off a cliff, that would have been okay. Yeah. As Ben said when we were watching it, he said, the Countess shouldn't have to pay for her drinks, much less her crimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That is very true. Um, so what I think what you've got there with Daughters of Darkness is it's actually an iconic queer horror movie, I think. And it's funny because you won't know about it unless you know about it. If you yeah. know what I mean, it's not something that's it's not a it's not a popular film, it's not it's I not don't, hailed as a classic or anything, but I don't think it has much like appeal to many people. Like, mm. I think it's a very subset of people who are going to enjoy this one. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the films we talk about are enjoyable for everyone, but we have a different take on them. Mm. Whereas this is like, unless you're into camp horror films, yeah, you're probably just going to not appreciate this. Yeah. I mean, it's part of that documentary that Horry or Oka. Uh, yeah, I think Mark it was. Thing. I think Mark did mention it in yeah. one of the episodes. So I know that it's out. But you know, it's mm. a, it, it is in people's consciousness, horror horror fans' consciousness. It's definitely not a mainstream film. But if you can find it, then seek it out because it's it's got it's got a lot to offer. I think it's it's a fabulous, glamorous, um, languid film. Yeah. It's not in a rush to get anywhere. So don't watch it thinking that you're gonna be getting a fright every ten minutes and jump scares and all that. Just enjoy the just go with the go with the flow of blood. <laughs> <laughs> and gowns. And gowns. And, and gowns. Yes. Any last words before? No, I'll just wrap my mauve ostrich feather. <laughs> Cows coat around me and go. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the light is hurting my eyes. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. It's a great it's a great film. Um so yeah, we hope you've enjoyed listening to us talking about Daughters of Darkness. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. Our iTunes, we're on iTunes. Subscribe to us, Scream and Cleans with a Z. We're on SoundCloud now as well. We're on Podbean. And um, you can get me on Twitter, at Johnny Larkin. Um, we're all tired and hungover, and we're all retiring to our coffins. <laughs> so keep the fucking noise down. Thank you, bye.